And we are back. Welcome back to part two of Tales from 2AM. I am Mr. 2AM. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, your good friend, Bad. So glad to see you. I have so many fans here. Not fans. Gosh, I don't have fans. I'm just some, I'm a regular dude that loves the Steelers that has a platform. I've got so many friends here in the live chat. And I'm so glad you're here with me. Look, I can't do these shows without you people. You guys or want to inspire me to have fun and share my Steeler fanhood. So I want you to share the Steeler fanhood as well, because this is, this is what I love. This is definitely what I love. Nobody's a stranger to me wearing black and gold. So when I see someone wearing black and gold, I immediately know that I have somebody that I can talk to. So I love it. Um, Jeffrey Benedict told me my story was rough, <laughs> but I'm bump and I'm bump. But I'm bumped. The story about Polly, it was rough. Uh, I love it. So let's talk more. You know, I told you uh, stories about getting stuck on the roof, told you stories about uh, my dogs. I'm going to tell you one about getting punched in the face during a Steeler game. And it was the greatest punch in the face that I've ever had in my life. You know, when you're celebrating, sometimes things go awry. So let's go back to 2009. And what we're looking at here, it's the AFC Championship game. And not only is it the AFC Championship game, it is the Baltimore Ratbirds. Yeah, the Ravens in Pittsburgh for this game. And I got to tell you, I couldn't wait. I live in Maryland. Everybody knows I live in Maryland. And there's a huge Steeler presence here. There, there really is. Um, but Baltimore's funny because they're really good baseball fans. They're, I mean, they support the Orioles really well. I kind of feel with the Ravens. Something about the Ravens, they're not as fair to the Ravens as you would think. They are diehard when they're doing well. They're off the bandwagon when they're not. Last year before the season, Lamar Jackson was garbage to Baltimore Ravens fans. Everybody talked about him as being garbage. Now, he is the greatest player ever. I wish they would have respected Lamar Jackson more before this season. The guy was coming off of a great season and had a horrible playoff game. He was a rookie and had a horrible playoff game, and they were all over this guy. All right. So I just kind of feel that's how Baltimore Ravens fans are. And Baltimore Ravens fans give me a whole lot of heck. You know, um, I have good friends that are Baltimore Ravens fans, and they're good fans. They're, they're really good fans. Uh, not everybody. I'm not saying all of them, but there's there's some that there are a lot that are like this. But there's some really good fans out there and some really good diehards. So let me not pigeonhole them all. But we used to have a running bet, and the bet was the loser of the Steelers Ravens game had to drive around with a Ravens or a Steelers magnet on the back of their car, and it could not be removed for anything. You had to do it for two weeks. So I've, I've rode around with a giant Ratbirds 
on the back of my car for a couple times. And then we quit the bet. But we had, I've had jersey bets where I've had to wear a Ravens jersey um, in public. I've had to wear a Capitals jersey too. Um, that, that was pretty rough. But we don't make those bets anymore, but I gladly do it. Everyone knows who I am in my fandom and they see me wearing it. They know I lost the bet. So that's that's no problem. But it's it's uh, really fun to watch them wearing that Steelers jersey when I, when you're running around um, on their car or a magnet on their car. It's It's really a lot of fun. But back to this AFC championship game. We all know the play. Flacco goes back to pass. Troy Polamalu picks it off and streaks towards the end zone. And you knew when that happened, you knew that was the game. It wasn't the game, but you knew it deep down. You know my rule. You don't celebrate until there's zeros on the clock. But that was a huge celebration. Now, you're allowed to celebrate the play. You just can't claim victory until there's zeros on the clock. So there's about four or five of us in Steeler Central. Um, a lot of people were upstairs watching watching the game. Um, but we were down downstairs and there was a buddy named Doug, my good friend, Mike, my good friend, Darren, Mike's son, Chris was there. And, uh, you know what? I don't drink very often. I mean, I very, some of these crazy stories you think, man, bad must've been really drunk. I hardly drink at all. I just don't have the stomach for it. I'd rather be the DD that's, but I'm, uh, I'm also one of those guys that people think I'm drinking because I just act a fool because I enjoy life. But I've, uh, so I, I wasn't drinking at all. We're in my, my basement in Steeler Central and he scores and we jump up and it looked like a pitching mound after the last out of the World Series. It really did. Um, if I, that's what I imagined it looked like. And we all jumped up. We're hugging each other. We're just screaming, going crazy. And no one's mad at me. I know, but somebody in their exuberance cracked me right in the eye. Boom. Knocked me to the ground. And I know it was, <laughs> I know someone always, when I tell this story, somebody always tells the story, throws in, well, who'd you make Matt? No, it, it wasn't. But I got cracked and it knocked me to the ground. And I got up and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I'm like, nuts to that. I jumped back in. We're like, woo. I mean, it was exhilaration. And when you're celebrating the fact that your team's going back to the Super Bowl, you'd feel good. And you're like, I don't care that I just got punched in the face. Now, if you're at a game with me, don't punch me in the face <laughs> on purpose. I'm going to get upset. But I, I go upstairs. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I just got punched in the face. Cause my wife's like, what happened to your eye? I'm like, yeah, I just got cracked. And she said, who, oh my God, who hit you? What did you do? I'm like, I didn't do anything. We're, we're celebrating. The Steelers are going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> She's like, man. So a lot of the times the, uh, and this is not a segregated, um, system, but a lot of times Jenny just loves Steeler Sunday because we do a Super Bowl party basically every week for a, a noon game. So what happens, what really happens is uh, 
we go there. She goes upstairs. I have a lot of the guys downstairs, a lot of women downstairs too, but a lot of the, uh, the family, the kids will stay upstairs. We let them come downstairs, but, but, uh, most of the time they, they stay downstairs. They stay upstairs. The kids do. And the wives are encouraged to come down, but, uh, most of the time they, they stick around and they have just as much fun upstairs, um, with the wine and the food and it's great. So, but one time they were playing the Raiders. This was 2013. They were off to a really bad start. And, um, what happens? Somebody breaks a glass and I come up to get my food and like my friends made this amazing sandwich. Um, gosh, I can't remember what's the name of the, uh, the chipped ham that's a uh, very big from Pittsburgh. So um, they, they made a ham barbecue with gosh. I mean, it's escaping my head. It's the very famous chipped ham. You can still get, I can get in here in Maryland at Walmart actually. Um, but it had the special chipped ham and it was like two great ham barbecue sandwiches. And, and I was all excited. And she's like, Brian, I've got glass. Isley's. Thank you, James Colbaugh. Isley's James was just saying, man, I'm late to the dance. James, you can check this back on, uh, download it on the podcast platform, but yes, Isley's, uh, Dave Shipley's in there on that too. And, uh, Kathy says they have great ice cream. I didn't know that. So my buddy, Mike, he makes this, uh, ham barbecue that is really to die for. And I was never a ham barbecue fan, but this is just absolutely incredible. So I had these sandwiches and I had sandwiches in my hand. And my wife's like, I think I've got glass in my foot. And it must have been, it was the smallest sliver in the world because I couldn't find it. And I had paused the game. And I know all these people are downstairs waiting on me to get my sandwich <laughs> so they can watch the game. And I'm looking at her foot and I'm, I'm, tr- I don't want to rub it in, but I'm, I'm looking for this glass on her foot and I can't find it anywhere as I raise my hand when I'm talking about the foot, but I'm just trying to simulate the foot. So can't find it anywhere. And I'm like, honey, I don't see anything at all. She's like, it's in there. And I'm like, so I ran and I grabbed tweezers and I'm looking, she goes, it's right there. It's a, there's nothing. I can't find it for anything. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't find it. Well, I'll see you. I'm going downstairs. <laughs> She's like, what, where are you going? I'm like, my sandwiches are not got my sandwiches. I, I got to go put the game back on. And you know what? I pride myself on being a very good husband, a very attentive husband, man. I tell you what I should have looked, I should have got like a huge FBI light and a magnifying glass and looked for it. I, uh, they razz me till this day about glass in the foot. They, I will like, every time I go upstairs, they're like getting your sandwich. So like, if we have an injury, are you going to just ignore us? <laughs> like that, that's what, not my wife. My wife doesn't say it, but everyone else does. She gives me, she gives me guff about that too. But yeah, that's, eh, I'm not perfect, but I should have had the priorities that day. You know, I still, I have priorities to the Steelers in other ways too. Um, so Steelers are finally in the Super Bowl against the Cowboys in 1995. Well, 96, but 95 season. And I'm living in West Virginia at the time. I, I lived in West Virginia for nine years of my life. I went out there to, to be in radio and uh, I ended up leaving 
after nine years, but it was, uh, I had a really good friend that was a huge Cowboys fan and I was at his house two weeks before watching the AFC championship game. That's when they, they poured champagne over my head and got it all in my eyes. And it was the best feeling ever because the Steelers had just won the AFC championship game. Finally, they're going back to the Super Bowl, and that's awesome. So he's like, and his Jimmy, my, my man, Jimmy was so much of a Dallas Cowboys fan that he named his son Dallas Landry. Landry was his middle name. This is how much he loved the Steelers. You got to respect that. You know, you don't have to like, like the Cowboys, but you got to respect the guy really loved, loved the Cowboys. Great kid too. Um, Dallas is a great kid. Um, so if you're ever in, uh, Elkins, West Virginia, check out Jimbo's place. Just opened a, a great sports bar. Uh, fantastic place to go. I can imagine I got to get back there and check it out. Uh, Jimmy cheers to you. So Jimmy, is a fantastic chef too, man. The guy could cook like no tomorrow. He's like for the Super Bowl. I know it's uh, I know it's for the uh, I know it's the Cowboys and Steelers. And he always respected the Steelers too. He didn't. I mean, we were really cool going back and forth with Cowboys and Steelers. So we had a mutual respect for each other. Um, he's like having a huge party. Then I get invited to another party. He goes, the food's gonna be off the hook. He's naming the menu and I'm like, oh, and I wasn't making a lot of money at the time. And that was the meal of dreams for me. And then I get invited to this other party. It was a huge party too. Um, and I'm like, guys, Steelers are in the Super Bowl. I'm going to be at my apartment by myself. Um, my parents came up, but they were going back in time for the game. I, I'm going to watch the game by myself. And uh, they're like, really? Why would you do that? And I'm like, because this is, this is almost a, uh, like going to church for me. This is a Christmas Eve mass watching the Steelers in the Super Bowl, And I don't want any distractions. I'm just going to enjoy it. And I watched that game, probably one of the very few games, huge games that I've watched by myself. And it was special. I mean, I took phone calls, but I watched that game and, and I, I loved it. Um, and I, I, you know, even though they lost, I have great memories of that game because it was just a, a special time and a special feeling. And I passed up a lot of food and my parents, like I said, they came down that weekend and they brought, they had this, uh, they brought this bread from Johnstown. Um, it was like, with sunflower seeds that they got a giant eagle actually. And it was fresh. And they went to the Italian deli Kanzati's. I'm going to give, give them a plug. Kanzati's. They had a lot of Delello stuff. If you know, um, they were just like Delello's. But they were in Johnstown. They imported a lot of stuff from Delello's too. Um, and they brought me this mushroom salad and I, I had the most incredible sandwiches by myself. And it wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, the amazing food that I was going to have everywhere else, but I had me, the Steelers and my thoughts. And it was, it was spectacular. So I had priorities to the Steelers that day. Um, but I love watching the game with my friends. When I was in West Virginia, it ended up that I would go to my buddy, Tommy Regan's house, hang out with my other buddy, Gene Calgill and a lot of other guys. And we would watch the Steelers every week. They were the guys that uh, 
demanded I, when I talked about the superstition show, they demanded my Steeler camo pants and we had a special ceremony and lit them on fire in halftime against the Buccaneers game in 2002. And it broke my six game losing streak. Um, I had a personal six game losing streak of watching it. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it was one of those, uh, one of those things that I could always count on those Steeler guys. And especially cause it was right at the time of my separation and my divorce and man, I had the Steelers and that gang. And I told you a, a couple of weeks back that when, uh, Tom was out of town, Tom would go to the Steeler game sometimes and he wouldn't tell us, but his house was open and we all would go gather. He'd have a note, not here, watch the game. Don't dare leave. And that was, that was the original Steeler central. So when I opened Steeler central in uh, Johnstown, when I opened it, it's just my basement. But when I have that, I have all these Western Pennsylvania fans, all these Steeler fans, and they show up. If you're a fan of another team, you're welcome. But, you know, just don't, uh, you're allowed in my, uh, you're allowed in Steeler Central. You just don't pee on the couch. There's respect. Um, so what we would do is uh, we would gather all the, all those people together, all those Steeler fans together. And I started doing it here. And that was, uh, had a lot to do with the punch in the face that, that I got. Um, some of the best friends that, uh, I'll ever have Darren and Mike that are watching the games with me now. I mean, that's really special to me. Um, and having their families there. And if you come to my house and you're not wearing a Steeler Jersey, guess what? I have one for you and they put it on. And it's fun. I have one buddy, Jamie Taylor, one of my good buddies. He's a, he is a Washington football team fan. He's, he's a diehard and he loves Washington, but he comes to Steeler central all the time. And he roots for the Steelers for me. Um, he's a, so he broke his ankle same time that Pouncey broke his ankle. So I gave him my Pouncey Jersey and he still has it. So when he comes over, he wears Pouncey. And we always joked, hey, you got to have Pouncey because it's, uh, I mean, you broke his ankle, he broke his ankle. So uh, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, so it's, uh, when you're talking about friends and family, that's, it's really special to have them all together. Um, one of my best friends in the world for almost 40 years now, 38 years, um, my buddy Dave, he, uh, he works in uh he works in Los Angeles, actually works for the show survivor. He, uh, he is, uh, one of the, uh, supervising editors there. And, uh, he's, he's a diehard Steeler fan too. So when they, when the Steelers went to, uh, San Diego to play back in 2005, we decided to go to the game together and it was just awesome. It was Monday night football. And the cool thing about, that game was Schwarzenegger was the governor at the time. So he was in the stadium and you know, I didn't see him, but there, this was their first Monday night football game in nine years. They were supposed to have one the year before, but because there was mudslides and they had to, they had to move the game. So there was a Monday night football and this woman comes out right before the game and ABC used to do the uh, 
are you ready for some football bet with Hank Williams Jr. Steeler fan, by the way, Hank Williams. Um, so what they would do is they would have like an actor or they would have some kind of vignette. Um, there was that famous one in, in 2004, a year before with Terrell Owens and I think it was Nicolette Sheridan and a towel or, or something. Uh, and then they would have this vignette and someone would go, are you ready for some football? And then Hank Williams would come come on and it would be hoopla and then there would be you'd go to the stadium and there would be fireworks and it was it was it was pretty amazing so what they would do they wanted to you know San Diego has a big military presence so they brought out this uh I don't know whether he was uh an admiral or I mean please if I'm screwing up my military jargon I, I apologize but he uh comes out I don't know whether he was a drill sergeant. I think that's army. Um, but he, uh, they told us what to do. And so this young lady seemed like the nicest young lady comes out and she's a PR director and she's like, yay, charger fans. Are you ready for Monday night football? We're going to have Admiral or, or captain or what have you. So-and-so. And he's going to, shout you orders and then he's going to say are you ready and you go crazy and wave your towels and towels they weren't towels they were washcloths that they gave us sponsored by pepsi little white white when you wave white that means surrender so they gave us this these little white towels that was from pepsi and it said 100% chance of lightning and they're, they're these chargers towels and so what they did, they had, they wanted us to wave these towels. And I think it was 75% Steeler fans there from, and I was on, on the 50 yard line. We bought good, got good tickets. And so when she said that, wave your, wave your towels, the terrible towels came out in mass and all you heard was here we go Steelers here we go boom boom and the place went nuts and that's all and drowned this poor girl just trying to do her job out drowned her out and she's like come on guys we're in San Diego and the chant got louder and then so she just stopped. She didn't know what to do. I felt so bad for this girl. The Steeler fans just ran her off. And so I actually watched this on YouTube not too long ago. Um, I, and it came off without a, a hit. She was like, uh, he would just come out and go, oh, are you ready? And it, he was really cool. I mean, he did the thing and and did the salute. And then the towels went crazy. And they they went into the thing. And then you see the whole stadium going crazy, but you hardly see the white towels because all these gold towels going like crazy. It was, it was just, it was really fun. Um, so another note to that, I was wearing a hat that I bought in, uh, I bought outside of a Steeler game and you could probably find them now, but you can find them back then. But it was from a guy just selling them in the parking lot of three rivers and it was my favorite hat of all time and kind of got ruined, but it was, uh, it looked like a, it was, it was cloth, 
but it looked, it was a Steeler helmet and it had the thing that came around. I looked ridiculous in it. Um, but, and it had the logo. So it looked like I was wearing a helmet, but it almost looked like I was wearing a leather helmet from the, the old days and it fit my head perfect. And it, it was this, uh, it was this cloth hat and it was great. And I was wearing it and some guy saw my hat. He goes, I'll give you a hundred dollars for that hat right now. And I'm like, no, I can't. And, uh, ended up going in the wash. I still have it. It went up going in the wash, but now it's got fuzzies all over it that I just can't get off. Um, and so I've retired it. Um, maybe I'll just try to I wonder if I can get it dry cleaned. I, I probably not, but, um, maybe I can get it fixed, but anyways, it's my favorite hat and they, they sell stuff like that now, but it's never going to be the same as this hat. Cause I had this hat for this hat was about 11 years old at the time. Um, but anyways, so we're there. And like I said, Monday night football, there's a lot of hoopla. So we go, and I'm probably a lot. I was a lot thinner at that time than I am now. I've gained weight since. Um, I'm glad to say I'm 40 pounds down from a year and a half ago. So I'm doing much better. Um, but I, I was in a lot better shape then. So I was wearing my, I was wearing my Antoine Randall L white Jersey and same often I wearing shorts at a football game. So I get excited right at the beginning of the game. I know the cameras are on us and I just, for some stupid reason, I decided, okay, I ripped my shirt off and I'm dancing. I still had a, I still had a belly on me, but I was a lot thinner. And I did a dance that we always joke. I call it the San Diego belly shuffle. You take one hand, you put them on your belly and you rub like this and you're dancing. So I'm dancing and then security turn on now. I'm like, are you serious? I, you're not allowed to take your shirt off in San Diego at a game. Cause I'm doing the belly shuffle. Like maybe I'm going to get on TV. No, I didn't get on TV for that. But there was this woman camera um, operator that as we're cheering and I had eye black on, by the way, I had eye black. I used to always wear eye black to the game. Like I was playing and I had that hat on. I had that special hat on. And so I'm wearing my white Jersey and then we're five rows up on the 50. Like we paid crazy amount for these seats, but it, it was, it was worth it. So she nods at me. She gives me a nod. And so I, I start cheering. I put my hands up. I go, like that, you know, I black. So we had, we had the game DVR'd. I had it recorded at home. I go home. I combed through every little bit of that. I'm not on TV. Okay. I mean, I'm not that vain. I don't need to be on TV. So fast forward Steelers win the, FC championship game against Denver. I'm, uh, I'm there getting ready to go to work and I'm listening to Mike and Mike. I was watching Mike and Mike cause you could watch Mike and Mike on, on the TV at that time when they had it on ESPN too. And they say, Hey, Bill Cower coming on in 10 minutes. I'm like, well, I'm going to wait going to work. Um, so I stuck around watching the game. And right after the Cower interview, I hear the Monday Night Football theme. And they're showing all these fans. And it says, uh, 
Like, are you the greatest fan in America? Would you hawk your wedding Super Bowl tickets? Well, if you're the greatest fan, you can send in a video or whatever, and you can win Super Bowl tickets. And you know, bum 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 And they're they're playing the music, and I'm I'm getting fired up watching this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my! I see this, and I see the top of the eighty-two. I see my eye black. And I'm talking to my buddy, Dave, that I went to the game with. I'm like, oh, my God, Dave. I I think I was me. And uh, so he uh, he DVR'd it, and he's going back. He's like, yeah, that's you. And I, I recorded the rest of the, the show, and here it came on again. And here, sure enough, that was me. And I, I made that from uh, that game in San Diego. Just really funny. Okay, I promised you a sordid story, and this is actually, <laughs> so I promised you a 2 a.m. story, and I'm going to give you a 2 a.m. story. It's not as bad as you would think, but it uh, doesn't paint me in the best light, and that's fine because I'm human. I'm dumb sometimes. I do some crazy stuff, and this is one of those situations where I was mad and decided to stand up for myself. Um but it, it surrounds the Steelers a little bit. So I'll, I'll tell you about this. So um, here's my best 2 a.m. story that I can give you um, right now on a Sunday morning. Then I'll go to church and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll ask for forgiveness from this. Probably not as bad as you think. But uh, usually I'm always talking about a touching family memory. But here's my seedy one. So I was mired in a little bit of a, a personal controversy at the time. It was strange because... You know me, I get along with everybody. I never have problems. I was living in West Virginia and I was playing Curly, the villain in a West Virginia community theater, theater production of, of Mice and Men. And I was the bad guy. I was, Curly was, and they told me, Curly wears this black glove with like Vaseline on it for some reason. And he's just a really sordid dude. And, um, He's, uh, he's really, he's not self-assured, um, but he's, uh, he thinks he's this ladies man. He, uh, he's just a bad guy. And, uh, so, you know, one of the reasons I did community theater was because I, you know, I wanted to hook up with acting chicks and I'm 25 years old at the time. Um, my character was a complete slime ball, but I thought he needed some more character. So. In talking to the director, I'm like, you know what? Curly's the kind of guy that would stuff socks in his Wranglers. So I stuffed socks in my Wranglers. Well, this was really offensive to a lot of the theater regulars. And uh, this woman that played my wife thought I was the sleaziest guy ever because I was, I, and she complained and they asked me to take the socks out. Um, I'm like, I'm going to take socks out, um, you know, because uh, I'm not, look, I've had no interaction with you as far as, I mean, I'm sorry if I offended you because I get along with everybody. So the stage manager that I got along with, uh, she was around my age. She was always a little flirty with me and she tipped me off about it. And she said that, Hey, they want to discuss your your behavior. So they're having a meeting at seven o'clock tonight. They want you to be there. And they were going to have some kind of 
they wanted to have some kind of intervention, some weird theater etiquette intervention with me to discuss my horrid behavior. So that was 7 p.m. Problem is, Steelers are playing on the West Coast, and they're playing the Cardinals. And it, this is 97. It's a must win. They've got to win because they're they're tied with Jacksonville atop the division. And if you listen to um, the retro show the other day, we talked about the game two weeks later against the Patriots that was even more of a uh, a must win. So this game goes into overtime, and it's past seven o'clock, and because you know it's a four o'clock game, and I'm like, all right, I'm late, I don't care. And so I get a call. She's like, you're not here yet. They're, they're getting really mad. They want to talk to you. I'm like, I will be there when I'm, I'll be there. I'm watching the Steelers. It's almost over. You tell them I'm coming. And so Steelers win. I'm on an emotional high. And the Steelers were a team back then that, you know, Cordell was his first year at quarterback. They were a team that they were coming together. You know, they, they were somebody that, they they had a lot of flaws and pitfalls. They were rising above it. They had this cool swagger about them. You know, Greg Lloyd on the team, Chad Brown. Um, no, actually, Chad Brown wasn't on that team, but they, they had a swagger. So what happened was they uh, they win the game, and I'm feeling a little bit of a swagger, and I'm, I'm a little mad. So I just go in. I, the theater is like five minutes from my house. I go in, I walk in, they're like, you're late. And then the one guy's like, the one guy says to me, he's like, you and your Steelers, you really need to have priorities. And I said, I tell you what, I reached down into my pants and I pulled out some socks. I, I wouldn't have my, I, I put them in, you know, just to prove a point. Cause I had this plan, what I was going to do, put out some socks. I spiked them on the ground. And I said, let me tell you something. This is nothing compared to some of the really ridiculous things that I've seen backstage. So if you want me to call each and every one of you out with what I've witnessed, especially in front of some kids, I'll do that. But I tell you what, you want me in this play? I'm better than each and every one of you and you know it. And this isn't me. I never do that. (laughs) I say, so you never call me in here during the Steelers game again. And I look at the stage manager and I said, you come back to my apartment with me? <laughs> like a Jerry Maguire moment. Who's with me? And she says, yes. And so she walks out with me and I'm like, that's right. And I leave. It's, it's a ridiculous, I'm not proud of this story. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of proud of this story. But it was one of those things where I'm like, I, the Steelers inspired me. And I'm like, I'm sticking up for myself. And that's what I'm going to do. So if you wanted a little bit of a sorted 2 a.m. story, I, uh, they never bothered me again about anything. They actually cast me in more stuff, but they never bugged me again about it. And then I, uh, I went back and I, uh, I got a date out of it um, that night. So it made me feel pretty good. So <laughs> Kathy Ford says, you should be proud and loud. And I, I guess I'm going to be, you know, that was kind of a little coming of age courtesy of the Steelers because the Steelers really fired me up for that game. And it was, I was thinking of Bill Cower all the way in. What did Bill Cower do here? So <laughs> that's my, 
sorted 2 a.m. story. But as we get ready to wrap up here, you know, most of these Steeler stories for me are surrounding family and friends. And that's what the Steelers are to me. That's why I've discovered the Steelers. That's why I love the Steelers so much because it goes back to me being seven, eight years old and being at my grandmother's house with all these extended family, you know, they're just, they're just all in the living room together. There's people on the floor. They're watching the game and, and they're loving it. And I grew up on Lambert and Bradshaw and Green and Franco and Webby and Blunt and Swan and Stallworth. And the list goes on and on and on. And it extended. It kept on extending to Merriweather and Woodson and Lloyd and Green. And it kept on going through Cordell and now Big Ben and Bettis and Hines and everybody. It kept on going. And we always had something together. My dad introduced me to these games. My mom supported it. We were Steelers everywhere. My sister put up a black, spray painted an old Christmas tree and we put trading cards on it and Steeler helmets. And we did that kind of stuff. And it all goes back to love of family. Now my family, now they let me name dogs, Heinz and Palomalu. My kids, I just found a picture of my son from seven years ago. He's 13 now. I found a picture of him from six years ago today on my time hop. And he was holding a stuffed penguin with an eye patch and a Steeler jersey on it. And what was that? It was my three sports that I love. Steelers, penguins, and pirates all together. And he's a big smile. And I'm thinking about that. And my kids, they're not huge into Steeler fans, but they wear it all the time. And they talk smack to Ravens fans. And we love it together. And when I think about Steelers, I think about family. When I think about the Roonies, I think about family. When I think about everybody on that team, I think about friends and family. When I think about everybody in the live chat, I think about family. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. I can't do it without my friends and family. This is my last Tales from 2 a.m. It's going on hiatus. We're going to bring it back. It's coming back. I promise when the regular season's over. But we've got some football to do. Are you ready for some football? Because eight days from now, it's happening. I love you, BTSC Nation. You are my family, and the Steelers are my family, and this is going to be a special year. 2020 has been a rough year for a lot of people. It's going to be a special Steelers year. I'm saying it right now. So I will talk to you all tomorrow on Labor Day with the Steelers Q&A, the final Q&A, as well as the hangovers coming back. But have a great holiday weekend, my friends. I love you, and we will talk to you soon. Bad out. This has been Tales from 2 a.m.